You're listening to The Outlet. G'day, Grant. Welcome to The Outlet. Hey, Brent. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. I was so excited when I saw the pictures of this plane on the Southland app because as a kid... I spent so much time going out to Kauau Island with my parents and we'd always go by CB Air from Mechanics Bay out to Kauau Island and I remember clearly telling my folks because I, I just always wanted to be a pilot that, you know, one day I'm going to be working for this airline and I'll be flying you out there and um, it never really happened. I, I did a bit of flying, got up to Solo in a Grumman, actually, I was learning to fly in. It's just so good that you've got this plane back in the air. Yeah, it's pretty exciting for us too, you know, like... Everywhere we go around the country and, and people that hear about it, they're, they're similar to you, Brent. They've all been touched or, or, you know, like, what is it, two degrees, you know, or someone they know has been touched by these aircraft. They've been flying in them. You know, they've got such a massive history right through the entire country, you know, from top to bottom. So it's, it's fantastic to, to have it back flying again, or at least one of them. Can you give me a bit of history of your journey of restoring the beautiful Grumman flying boat? So my, my involvement with the aircraft started 30 years ago. I had a commercial pilot's licence and, and didn't have a job. Couldn't get a job, early 90s, straight after, you know, good old 87. And so my father had purchased this aircraft in 87 as a private machine off CB Air. So it was one of the CB Air ones. And so I offered a, to put a deal together with him and lease the aircraft of him and started the company I still operate today with this particular aeroplane. And we operated this one and one other, Alpha Victor Mike, through until 2000. But this particular aircraft, Charlie Foxwood Alpha, didn't fly uh, after 96. It came out for a bit of a birthday, which they always needed. And it never it never flew again after that. So until the 1st of November last year. So it sat in the corner of the shed for 26 years, waiting for some love. And good old COVID came along and there was time to share the love, you know. So that was sort of how we got about coming about uh, restoring the aircraft and then and obviously the gods aligned. They had some, a fantastic team that we managed to pull together to make the thing happen. It looks brand new. So going back and finding new parts and old parts and that, how did you go about doing all that? Yeah, so I do have a lot of spares for them. So when I purchased the aircraft back, I purchased all the spares for them. So I was pretty lucky to be able to do that. And we do have a lot, lot of stuff on the shelf, dating right back into the 60s Mount Cook tourist air travel stuff with their tags on them. And I managed to get the drawings uh, from 1940 from Grumman for all the components in the aircraft and how it went together. Um, obviously pre the engine conversion, but um, the airframe was still relatively the same. And so having all those drawings and all the spares, we were able to, you know, with the engineers and stuff, manufacture the bits that we didn't have. Or with the beauty of the internet, which we didn't have in the 90s, I've made some fantastic contacts overseas and there's quite a Grumman following in America, a Widgeon following. And I hooked up with a couple of real nice fellas that, that I actually met up with in, in Alaska in 2019. And, uh, and so we managed to swap some parts and that sort of thing. And, and one way or another, we managed to pull it together. But it was, you know, a huge amount of time went into sourcing what we needed, you know, and how we were going to do it. The most fun you could ever have, you know. This aircraft's got a bit of history with Fiordland too, hasn't it? The Widgeons do entirely uh, have a huge amount of history down there. The very first Widgeon, about 1951. So these aircraft were built in the 40s. In 1951, Amphibian Airways started down at Stewart Island and operated all around Fiordland, Lake Tiarnau, over to the to, over to Stewart Island. And they were the backbone of the transportation back then because they could go in and out of all these different places, you know, because there weren't so many airstrips back then. Not that there's a huge amount now, but, you know, it, it really made it possible. And then Charlie Foxtrot Alpha, uh, the current flying one, had 
had a huge history down there as well and we pulled up on the boat ramp at Lake Tianau and old pilots came down and engineers and we swapped stories and they had photos of the plane back then and I gotta say Tianau was just the most wonderfully hospitable place just loved it you know and it was just awesome to talk to all these different people you know that that used to fly them and and work on them down there yeah it was it was very cool so how many aircraft were there at the float plane jam float plane jam i think there was about a dozen a dozen different seaplanes of varying sizes from you know two seat hang glider type you know twin hull thing you know which was amazing guy brought that down on a car and then assembled it there and flew that through to there's Mike Scotter's um, 206 and fib that he rebuilt out of Rangiora. He was there, obviously us, and and then there was a bunch of sea rays and all sorts of different things. So it was awesome to get all these people together and be able to just share stories and talk about the differences. And it's a it's a it's not a big thing in New Zealand compared to overseas. You know, like in America and that sort of thing, there's seaplanes everywhere. So it's 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 fantastic that Kylie and Ivan from Wings and Water down there thought to try and pull this whole thing together and and allow everybody to. To meet and talk and swap stories and you know you learn a lot and it's, it's really great. Can I ask what it's like to fly? It's the most fun you can have with your pants on I reckon. It's just the most awesome sort of flying. So I fly helicopters for a living now that's what I do and we do aerial firefighting up here and commercial lifting as well as tourism and that sort of thing so it's not like the flying I do is boring. You know, you go out on a fire for a week, it's pretty interesting sort of flying. But there was always that passion for the for the widgeon. And the widgeon is a bit of a handful. It's not the easiest thing in the world. And you either love it or you hate it. And I just love them to bits. Because we I flew them for about 10 years commercially out of the salt in, in the Bay of Islands. And some of the flights were 5, 10 minutes. You know, I literally did thousands and thousands of takeoffs and landings on the water. And so therefore you had the chance to perfect the art, whereas it's sort of a something that you don't get to do if you're flying them privately because they are quite expensive to operate. Now, where do you keep the Grumman now and how often do you get to fly it? So it lives now in Kirikiri, at the airport at Kirikiri, in a hangar there. It's not used commercially at all now. It's, um, it's just for really uh, friends and family and we use it as a promotional tool for our company. So, you know, we, we use it to sort of promote the company and what we do and that sort of thing I guess but predominantly we just use it nice days there's a local lake there's an irrigation lake up here that the um, the owners have very generously allowed us to use and uh, and that gives us the ability to do some water work because these days it's strictly no salt it's fresh water only we did thousands of hours trying to get rid of the corrosion and that sort of stuff that was in the aeroplane so you know it's uh, it's definitely a freshwater baby now and it seems to be loving it. So does it take a bit to get permission to land on lakes around the place? Yeah, it does. It's not that easy. It's definitely challenging in the north. You know, a lot less challenging down south. Although it was a bit of a glitch before the float plane jam. There was a little bit of a rumour going around that we weren't going to be able to do any water landings down there. But anyway, good old um, Kylie from Wings and Water, Kylie Krippner got into that and she's managed to, to smooth the smooth the waters, as you'd say. You know, provided we were respectful, which I think everybody was, then then we, we could do it. It would have been super sad to fly from one end of New Zealand to the other and not be able to dunk that thing in the water for the people of Tiana, you know. And we managed to fit in a few 
joy rides for the you know and and to be clear there you know we don't charge it's it's um you know it's not commercial as i say but there were some locals there that had a real affinity to the plane one lady had been looked watching them since she was six years old and still lived on the lake in tianeo so we threw her in the back and took her for a ride around and murray donald one of the old pilots and barry small the engineer and you know it was it was an epic journey is all i can say brent yeah it was fantastic and the people i just want to say again how hospitable Tiana was. We just left there. You know, when we left, Ivan escorted us out of town in his pit special with the smoke going, doing aerobatics and flying next to us. And it was it was just an epic, epic trip. And the weather was perfect. I hear it's always perfect in Tiana. It's always <laughs> perfect in Tiana. Yes, that is true. So if people want to find out more about the Grant yeah, and, yeah. and, and what you do, where did they go online to find out about that Grant? Uh, there's nothing really online about what we're doing right now, to be fair. We've only just finished it uh, last November and we've just been through the peak tourist season for ourselves and the company up here now. But there is a lot of history on the third level airlines that have operated them. So that's Amphibian Airways down in uh, Tiana way. Then it became tourist air travel and then Mount Cook, CB Air, and then Salt Air. There's a website, Third Level Airlines, or something like that. Just Google that, and and then you can go into their home, into their into their main page, and you can select the different airlines. So Amphibian Airways, Tourist Air Traveler, Mount Cook, and CB Air, they're the main ones, and you can read all about them, and someone's done a huge amount of work to pull all that information together and that probably if people are interested in the actual restoration well there's nothing online about that at this point i did put some stuff up on a grumman site in america but it's it's closed off to only to grumman owners you know so it's gonna be a bit hard to get in there grant it's been fantastic talking to you about the grumman and the restoration and all you've been doing thank you so much pleasure brent and um a big thank you to everybody in tiana and especially to ivan and kylie from wings and water for hosting us it was incredible thanks very much